What is going on, guys? This is Dylan Stoyanovich of the TN Podcast, and we had some interesting news to talk about today. We could slate. We're going to be breaking down just the Tigers this week, what has happened, the roster moves that they've made. Um, we'll be doing that every week, and then some additional stuff. I have some qu- questions for a Q&A, and then I will be breaking down some of the moves that have happened around the MLB. So, to start off, wow, what a crazy game yesterday. It was 17-14. Um, it seemed like every single ball that the Twins hit was into the seats, and it really felt like the Tigers were going to blow this game. Uh, it was 10-0 in, I believe, the fourth inning, and then it going, and then really Peralta, who, ugh, I, I'm I'm not again. I'm I was never high on Willie Peralta and we're kind of seeing the picture that he is and the reason that he has been out of the league uh for a good amount of time. Uh he's struggling now, can't throw a strike, uh the command is just not there. And then um yeah, the Tigers bats were just going on. They scored seventeen runs without a home run, which is pretty insane. Uh, I'm pretty surprised the Tigers were able to take that series against Minnesota uh, after falling behind. Uh, it seemed like they were going to fall 0-2 against them. And then they had Eric Haas it's the clutch grand slam. Um, Eric Haas, man, he, all I can say is that he rakes in spring. Ever since spring training, Haas was hitting the ball like crazy. You started to wonder, man, I would love to see Haas up here and then. Um, going into the year, Tiger's struggling at catcher. There's injuries, and he comes up, and he's done his job. He's hit a ton of home runs. He's not even that bad of a catcher defensively, and um, well, he doesn't get on base. Again, the home runs make up for it. Uh, I, I, it's very interesting to talk about his future. Um, I, still, I, I want the rest of the season to really determine it because these power guys, they just... I, I'm not a huge guy of those low on base, high home run, high slugging power guys. So um, I feel like, you know, one bad slump and then, you know, they're just useless. Like like Nico Goodrum, if he had a little more power, you know what I mean? Haas currently is walking, and he did walk three times yesterday, so that helps him out. But he was walking about 6 to 7% of the time, which isn't terrible it isn't the worst thing ever but it's nothing good but it's striking out 32 percent of the time so that's like why i'm a little bit questionable um and he again he isn't a great framer um not a horrible defender he's about mid to like below average so um i don't know again i have to see more if he can keep hitting home runs at this rate and it seems like he is the power is legit. I mean, his average exit velo is 92, and his barrel rate is 17%. Uh, X Wobicon, 476. If you guys know what those numbers mean, that, that pretty much means that Haas rakes and hits dingers. But the discipline is a little questionable for me, which is why I'm a little concerned about him. But I think he can be a future piece. So uh, That wasn't the only series the Tigers played. The Tigers had a rough, rough, rough series in Kansas City. The seven-game winning streak came to an end. The Tigers got the 47 and 51 for a second. Now currently are 49 and 55. But the Royal Series, just a lot of missed opportunities. A lot of guys left on base. Um, obviously, in game two, the Tigers should have had that game one. It was 6-0. Uh, they were chilling, and then 
six four seven six nine six the bullpen man uh it's it's it has its moments but there there needs to be an overhaul with the lower end part of the bullpen next season i mean obviously soto is nice um we'll go a little more into him in a little bit though uh soto has been a little rough last couple weeks or the last week uh he's just inconsistent the command the control it seems that he, he's got the 101 mile per hour sinker but you know, it doesn't matter if you're not going to be able to command it, and he has not really been able to command it. So uh, that's that's kind of what prevents me from saying that Soto is, like, the guy and he's going to be the closer to the future. Obviously, and Cesar Hernandez just got traded to the White Sox. So, wow, uh, live reaction. That's pretty much kills any chance of, the, of Jonathan Scope getting moved now. So uh, I'll go more into that in a little bit. But anyways... Uh, yeah, and then Jose Cisnero, I, I like him, but he's 32. I would not mind if the Tigers traded him. But, uh, look, like, you got Soto Cisnero, they're nice. Funk is pretty nice and former I love uh, when he's healthy, which is a concern. So, um, outside of that, you, you need to you need to do something uh, about about the, the bullpen. You know, there was no depth this season, which I, I blame the front office and Avila for. There's never been depth. The depth is horrible every year, and that's why we suck so much, you know? That's why in 2019 we're stuck with having Ryan Carpenter and Zach Reininger come up. That's why this year we're stuck with Willie Peralta and Ian Kroll coming up. The depth needs to be addressed. Um, and then you need to add, you know, at least one or two free agents. I don't care if it's just a mid-reliever that can, that's that been a veteran that's like a one-year deal, like a Greg Holland type of signing. Or if it's a high-leverage reliever, I would probably want a high-leverage reliever that can close and a middle-of-the-pack guy, maybe a lefty uh, arm, maybe like a Brad Hand who's kind of struggling, who's kind of fallen off from his closer um, role. So, uh, yeah, the bull, it's just Derek Holland coming out, Joe Jimenez, Buck Farmer, Daniel Norris. I will say Daniel Norris has been better lately, um, but Derek Holland, like, I just, we need to move on. So, anyways, the Tigers will be taking on the Orioles now in a four-game series to end the month. Currently on the month, I want to check. I believe the Tigers are above 500, but um, I'm hoping that the Tigers can get it done uh, in this series. They currently um, they dominated Texas, who is a pretty similar team talent-wise. The Orioles, they're not good. You know, they're, they're not good. And I think... Uh, if we can take three out of four, I'm going to be pretty happy. And if it's anything, if we lose this series, I'm going to be pretty mad. Um, the tiger, the bats obviously heated up and they're looking pretty good. And um, if they can, uh, I hope they can bring in I guess, one of the worst pitching teams in the league. Currently on the month, they are 13-10. and 10. So if they could just win one game this series, they will have finished with a winning record for the four, third straight month, which is really impressive. So... Yeah, uh, some other things I want to talk about in the last week. Obviously, I went into Eric Haas. I want to talk about Matt Manning. So Matt Manning has seemingly improved a ton, uh, in my in my opinion. I've been watching him. He's actually getting strikeouts and swings and misses. His sliders just out of nowhere. He started throwing a slider with Chris Vetter. Chris Vetter loves guys that can throw sliders, especially with high spin rates. And he's throwing the slider and he's throwing it well. His changeups look looked good at times. Um, 
His curveball has gotten a ton of swing and miss. His fastball obviously needs work. Um, that's probably his biggest weakness right now. His fastball is not getting. He's not missing bats really, but he has been a little better than I thought so far. And um, honestly, with with how the pitching has been and the injuries, I think Matt Manning can possibly finish this year with the Tigers, and maybe he's just, he's in the rotation for long term, going into next year. I think it's going to be like a Mize scenario. Obviously, if you remember last year, Mize and Scooble both struggled. Mize especially struggled severely throughout the whole season, but they both did not start good. And similar to Matt Manning, he's slowly improving, and I think he has a shot to even make this roster next year. Um, obviously, if you go in his baseball savant page, Matt Manning does not look good, but he has slowly gotten better and better. Um, yeah, in the last two starts, I'm starting to get impressed with him. So... That's going to end, uh, oh, one more thing. Let's just to break down the roster moves this week. I'll be doing this every week, and here's only one roster move this whole week, so it makes this kind of boring. But the Tigers uh, activated Michael Fulmer from the IL. He pitched in one game, got had a scoreless inning, and um, in return, they have DFA'd Ian Kroll. Um, yeah, I'm glad Ian Kroll is gone. I know his numbers weren't the worst, but we already have Derek Holland. And Daniel Norris, who are lefties in the bullpen, so you really don't need a lefty arm and curl, especially when you when you have Michael Palmer coming up, coming back, and obviously you'd way rather have Michael Palmer than Ian Kroll. And Ian Kroll, while he again he he did have a three eight six ERA and a pretty low FIP, his ex FIP was like six, his CR was in the fives. He, he was giving up a fly ball sixty four percent of the time. Just if you were to give him five more outings, his ERA would be ten. I just want to say that. So. That is that. We will be going more into uh, the Tiger, the MLB part um, in the next segment. So the trade deadline is in about uh, 30, 30 hours, I believe. Um, and I don't really see the Tigers uh, doing anything. So just with the history of the Tigers and where they are right now and just um there's so many hitters on the market and especially especially with the White Sox getting um the, the White Sox getting Jonathan Scope and um the Brewers or sorry the White Sox getting Cesar Hernandez and the Brewers getting um Eduardo Escobar I think it's essentially done for the scope market unless maybe like I don't know Boston comes in and they want to move Cesar Hernandez and or Kike Hernandez in the center field and put scope at second which i don't really see them wanting to do or i don't know maybe seattle wants a second baseman really bad but at this point I, i'm thinking that uh scope is going to remain with the tigers uh i don't know what the deal is with the long-term future with him uh, i think they're probably just going to let him walk for nothing i guess which i mean you could get value out of him now so why don't you but now with Cesar Hernandez in Chicago, I think he was the most, getting a second base one was the most uh, ideal thing for Chicago. A rental guy while Magical is out, and now they did. So, um, yeah, I don't really see the Tigers doing anything. Cesnero, I assume he has a market. It, it's probably going to heat up on the 30, uh, tomorrow once uh, the bigger names get traded, which would which are... Um, Taylor, oh, Taylor Rogers is off the market, but, you know, Richard Rodriguez, um, Craig Kimbrell, once those guys are gone, I think Cisneros is going to start getting pursued, but until, again, I don't, I don't think Cisneros is like a first option, same with Scope. Anyways, um, 
in the MLB, there was a couple moves so far. Obviously, Cesar Hernandez gets traded. The White Sox got their guy at second base. That enables uh, Leary Garcia to go back into his utility role, and the White Sox get a pretty solid contributor. Um, Cesar Hernandez obviously isn't amazing, and honestly, scope might be better, but Cesar Hernandez, I think, uh, fits the bill more for the White Sox. He gets on base more, and uh, he's been... Uh, he gives a, eh, actually he's really not guy on base that much this year. Uh, I don't know. He's kind of in a similar boat of scope, but um, I I think the Wed Sox were just wanted the guy that was cheaper or whatever. Um, and so, anyways, uh, the first big trade that really happened was uh Kendall Graveman getting shipped over to. The Houston Astros with Rafael Montero in exchange for Abraham Toro. So, first off, I want to say that was a pretty uh, good trade for both teams. Um, the Mariners get Abraham Toro, who uh, pretty disciplined hitter, um, does not strike out often. He walks a lot. He walked was walking a ton in AAA, was killing it in AAA, but... Um, yeah, I think he's a pretty good player. He's, he's probably going to be an everyday player uh, for the Mariners in the future. Honestly, I can see him taking third base once Kyle Seager goes into free agency. And um, he kind of does everything well. He isn't the best fielder, but he's got a pretty good arm. Um, yeah, I, I think it was uh, uh, it made a lot of sense, you know. I know Kendall Graveman is... Um, I know Kendall Graveman is their closer, and Mariners have momentum, and they're playing really well, but... The Mariners are projected to go 82-80. and 80. They have a negative 58 run differential. And I know there's seven games over, but they really don't have a chance at all to make the World Series, to make it playoff run. Maybe, maybe they could get to the second wildcard spot, but I think it's pretty. it was pretty expected that the A's were going to make some moves, and they did, which I'll go more into. Um, uh, but... Uh, I get. I, I think. I think the Mariners. It makes sense for the Mariners to get rid of Graveman. So, that's the first move. Another. Uh, some other moves. Clay Holmes, who you probably haven't heard of, he was traded to the Yankees. This is an interesting trade because I love to see what for how front offices think and like what these smart baseball minds do think. And what I found interesting about Clay Holmes is that while he has on the outside. He doesn't. He just looks like some random twenty-eight-year-old reliever that is not good. But Clay Holmes is actually a really solid reliever, um, and the stats really don't really show it. But his barrel rate is in the is like in the ninety-first um, percentile. Uh, he gets swings and misses, and the biggest thing that stuck out to me was that this man, Clay Holmes, has a seventy-two percent ground ball rate with a crazy amount of vertical drop. In his sinker, curveball, and slider, so I just I just find I find uh, small moves like that interesting. It's just you know it's see it's you you can see how these teams prioritize these guys and like why they want these guys. You know, like um, it's I just I, that was just interesting to me. It's just a smaller move, but the Yankees uh, they weren't done. I mean they've made already three trades. They made a salary dump move. Um, they sent Justin Wilson, who's been pretty atrocious this year. And Luis Sessa, who's been, uh, you know, a solid uh, lower, lever- lower, re- lower leverage reliever. Um, 
with the Yankees, and then they traded him for a player to be named later, which is probably going to be some low-end prospect or maybe like a 29-year-old catcher or something. But, yeah, it was essentially just a salary dump. Wilson is making about uh, $8 million, has a player option, and, yeah, he's been pretty bad with them as a negative .4 war, a 7 ERA. And then Sessa was a pretty nice pickup, I think. Um, ironically, Sessa and Wilson were in a trade for each other um, back when the Tigers got Justin Wilson way back in 2015. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Reds get bullpen help, which they need. The Yankees freed money and freed roster spots for Clay Holmes and Joey Gallo, who we're going to go into in a second. So, um, Yankees, I assume, are not done. I heard they're in for Trevor Story. I think they're probably the guys that get Story. Um, maybe Cincinnati comes in, but I doubt it. And I don't know. I don't really see any other teams and I don't think the return's going to be all that good for um, for Story. He, he's kind of been rough this year. He's a rental. Um, I, there's concerns about his arm. I read an article on The Athletic. So, um, yeah, that's that about uh, the salary dump. And then the Yankees, yeah, they weren't done. They get Joey Gallo for a return that many have been questioning. I have not been so much questioning because – this is my thing. Look, the t- look. I know they traded like the number an MLB pipeline, uh, a prospect like this from preseason. Which, look, I'm never gonna be someone that's gonna get mad over MLB pipeline, MLB pipeline rankings. I remember when people were bloating about how we were ranked number two. I don't care. MLB pipeline is, um, really, really, really overrated um to like evaluate guys i mean these guys kind of just go throughout the league you know they aren't close evaluators they aren't looking at this they aren't seeing these guys live every day so um and, and they're always inaccurate i mean you you saw med rosario was like the number two prospect in all baseball prospect lists are overrated you know um so i i think uh um the the, the yankees did pretty good and one thing i want to say or the rangers did pretty good in the deal and one thing i want to say is that like Okay, there's a difference between Cody Clemens, who's the number 14 prospect in a system with a lot of depth. Luis Medina, oh shoot, not Luis Medina, I'm trying to find a guy. I want to talk about the, oh, Ezekiel Duran. First of all, he's like the number 120 prospect on Fangrass, and he is, he's a 140 WRC plus in high A. He's absolutely raking. Um, the other guy, the other guy's in a deal. Josh Smith, let me find him, currently has a, he's in low A, um, he was a second-round pick in 2019. He has a 174 WRC plus, hitting 320 with a 435 on base, 583 slugging. He is walking 13% of the time. Third guy in a deal. Let me find Haver. Um, Trevor Haver, uh, another guy in the deal. You see, he's he's in he's in Loa, and he has currently at 445 on base. He's walking 21% of the time. Uh, hitting ball with power to 160 WRC plus. And then Glenn Otto, um, the last guy, he was, let me find him really quickly. Um, yeah, Glenn Otto, he's 25, probably a reliever. Um, he's probably, he's just like the last guy throwing, but he has really good K numbers and uh, pretty good advanced numbers with uh, the double A AA and triple A team. And he's starting. So 
if just looking at these guys, I mean, you can look at the prospect rankings, but they're way better than like I, I saw a tweet talking about like Cody Clemens and Paul Roshan using just the Tigers MLB pipeline rankings. Trust me, if these guys were looking at MLB pipeline rankings, they would be gone. These guys have twenty different scouting reports. Twenty different people in the organization have seen these guys play. Um, I think Texas knows what they're doing, and they've done pretty well in the last year ever since Chris Young. Or, yeah, Chris Young has taken over with them. I've liked their moves. I mean, obviously, uh, get, trading for Nate Lowe was a really good move. And then uh, they, they, I, liked, I liked them getting David Dahl, even though he hasn't been that good. It was an, a, a nice buy. Um, so that's that's my take on Joey Gallo uh, for, the, for the Rangers side and then for the Yankees side. Obviously, you love to see them get a big-time bat in the Bronx. Uh, Gallo seems like a Yankees type of player. Hits a ton of home runs. Gets on base. I, I feel like uh, Yankees fans are going to be all mad at him for hitting, you know, his 220, his 230. But, you know, he's an on-base machine. He has a 380 on base and a 490 uh, slugging percentage. 139 WRC+. plus. Good defender. Um, going to hit 40 nukes this season. He, he's amazing. Uh, there's nothing to really put it. He's a great player. The Yankees get a guy. I think uh, the Yankees did win the deal. And I know it's only a year and a half of Gallo. Uh, it's not like he's getting, he's under control for a ton of time, but he is under control. So, um, again, the Yan- I think this definitely puts the Yankees back into the playoff conversation. Um, they have they have to make up a little bit of ground. They currently have a um, they have a forty three percent chance to make the playoffs. So, and are currently I believe like uh, what is that four games out, three games out of the wild card. So. Um, yeah, getting Gallo helps a lot. I think they definitely are in the conversation. I'd probably pick them, pick or them or it's them or Oakland really for the second wild card spot, unless Toronto get make search buying and gets an arm or two. So, anyways, um, last move, a uh, couple more moves I want to break down. The Reds got Michael Givens. Again, they're just adding bullpen pieces. Their bullpen has been pretty bad, and now it's not so bad. So maybe they can make a run for the wild card. The second wild card spot seems. Uh, uh, I don't know, man. The wild card's pretty rough, but possibly the Reds could get really hot and maybe sneak and take the division. They're seven back. I mean, the Padres, they are only fit. They're only like, what, five games behind the Padres? So if they can get really hot, they can maybe sneak in. But um, they're not going to be like terrible. So why not just buy, get some rental guys, and then focus on next year, which they have some, they have some controllable assets like Jonathan India. He's been amazing. And then... Um, the Brewers, they get a corner infielder in Eduardo Escobar. Eduardo Escobar, to me, is really not it, in my opinion. Um, current, has, does he? Yeah, barely has, he has a 300 on base. He is in the ball with a good power. Um, wow, he had 35 home runs in 2019. So he does have a little more power than I thought, and he's a little better than I thought. Pretty good pickup, to be honest. I was a lot lower on him. He, he must have heated up. He was not hitting too well, but... Um, yeah, the, the Brewers get their corner infielder guy that they've been needing. Uh, they've made some pretty solid upgrades. I wonder if they add some bullpen too. Uh, but I, I think the Brewers are really, really, really good. And I, I think they're going to be in play for uh, possibly the World Series. I think I have them coming out the NL. I think their rotation in the playoffs is so good. And then you have the great, the two bullpen. And then, again, their offense is getting better. Uh, Roddy Telez, I think he's been pretty good ever since he came to Milwaukee. And let me check. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's been amazing. He has a 189 WRC+. Uh, since Milwaukee, I love their GM. They're a really smart team. 
even though they got fleeced for Luis Urias in that one trade, they make some good moves. Um, so, yeah, that's going to recap the trade deadline talk. Uh, There's other moves against Cesar Hernandez I broke down. Uh, Yimmy Garcia, Astros, they, they've continued to add bullpen. Um, they're hoping to make a World Series run. I think Houston probably comes out in the AL. Um, anything more? I can't. I can't think of any other moves. Perhaps maybe one will happen in this uh, podcast while I record, but I don't think so. So, yeah, there's your summary on that. I will be doing some uh, Q and A, answering some questions now in the next segment. So to finish it off, we got a few questions. Um, if you ever want a question to be answered. Uh, just DM me on tigers.news underscore or just DM me on my personal. Uh, you'll have a better chance for it to be answered if you DM me on my personal. My personal is DS737. Pretty simple. Uh, so, yeah, just DM me if you have a question that you want me to answer in the podcast. I like to answer questions on here that have, you know, more talking uh, than just, you know, when are the Tigers going to contend. And I get a ton of that, and the answer is I have no idea. You know, it, it really revolves all around when these prospects are going to start developing, when they're going to come up, when the Tigers will spend. I think probably that the ETA is 2023, maybe 24 if things don't go well. But, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not a genie. I can, I can make predictions with evidence, but when I have no evidence that the Tigers will add to anyone, I can't really predict. So, yeah. Anyways. Uh, I got a question. Should the Tigers go for Dylan Bundy or Eduardo Rodriguez in free agency? So kind of an interesting group, but I would not mind if the Tigers, if the Tigers were to add two starters and it was those guys, I'd be really, really happy. So Eduardo Rodriguez, Rodriguez is just someone, he's only like 28. Let me check to be exact. He is 28 years old and he, I feel like just offers a really, really high floor, um, and the ceiling isn't super high. He's probably about a four-war pitcher, which... And it's probably, like, a number two, or to be honest, a number three or two. But uh, he, he just seems like someone that can you can plug into the rotation right away, and you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a pretty solid pitcher that's going to, you know, get, get innings. He had 203 innings in 2019. Um, he's been pretty durable other than last year, but this year he's up to... Not, he's already at 96 innings. Uh, probably will go to like 140. Had 203 innings in 2019. So again, he's only 28. I I think he's probably looking for like a th- two or three year deal. And honestly, I'd pay him that. Like for example, I know we talk about extending scope, giving him like 12 a year for three years. I would way rather give someone like Eduardo Rodriguez that type of money. Which is why I'm I'm for trading scope and not really uh, you know, I'd I'd rather ha- spend more of the money elsewhere essentially so um yeah and then dylan bundy he's kind of an interesting player dylan bundy has been atrocious this year he's been absolutely atrocious and he is a free agent at the end of the year so he's probably going to come pretty cheap um but i I think dylan bundy is a nice he's like the perfect example of a low risk high reward guy because bundy was dealing last season had a two war in just 11 starts uh Almost striking out, had a career high strikeout rate, career low walk rate, and doesn't wasn't giving up home runs. The thing about Bundy is he really does not have that much movement. So you know hitters see the ball and they they know where the ball is going to be. So he gives he's given up a lot of home runs in his career. 
and he's kind of returned to his old form, uh, especially the worst. He's been really, really bad this year, but uh, he gets, he's got good stuff. He's got really high spin rates, po possibly maybe put, pair him with Fetter, you know, give him a fifth starter role. Um, a one-year deal, maybe a minor league contract, probably get a probably get a major league contract somewhere. But I think he'd be interesting, um, worth worth a look at. And he can give you innings. He's been pretty durable his whole career. Actually, been really durable. He's had at least one sixty innings since twenty seventeen, minus the shortened season. Obviously, he's had a little bit less, but it's probably because he's been horrible. So yeah, he gives you an innings eater. I think the Tigers are going to need to add two starters this off season. Um, though Manning has shown, it has been pretty nice, but I, I would still want him to add like a Bundy or someone like that to give him competition, just like they did with Tehran, um, for example. So yeah, I, I again, starting pitcher is going to be a pretty big need and getting a guy like Ed Rodriguez would be amazing. Charlie Morton's another guy I like too, um, off the top of my head at, for you'd be a one year deal, but still I, I like him a lot. Um, I don't really know what the Tigers plan to do long term. Do they bet on their prospects, all of them, that they're going to be great, or do they add someone like an Eduardo Rodriguez? Yeah, Charlie Morton's been pretty good, but um, or they do they add someone like Eduardo Rodriguez to offer stability once Boyd is gone and will Turnbull's out for a few years or till twenty twenty three, and then, uh, yeah. So that's the first question. The second question is seeing that Rushman is in Double A. Do I still think that Torque is going to come up in 2022? So I'm a little interested why uh, you correlate Rushman coming up and Torque. I know I know Rushman is in double A and he was drafted a year before, but both of them did have a shortened season. And the thing about catchers is that they take longer to develop because um, catchers, they're not just focusing on hitting. Like Torque, I don't think Torque Stephen really really matters that much i know they're focused trying to get him as a third baseman but ultimately the main goal is to have him up and hitting dingers so oh another trade just happened i just saw a breaking thing let me check this really quick you know could you know it's trade season so oh brad hand he just got traded to t Toronto so I, I I talked about Toronto earlier in this I was saying that they could add some bullpen help they'd get some bullpen help right there so yeah two trades have happened during this so I'll, I guess I'll break this down yeah Blue Jays need some pitching and they get some pitching and then the Nationals that's their first move as sellers and yeah I feel like they're gonna be pretty active they have some really nice pieces to trade Trey Turner I don't think goes but Max Scherzer is gonna go and he's gonna be one probably the biggest name to be traded in, in this trade deadline so anyways yeah i think torx bat is the focused and um the only reason why rushman's not up is because service time baltimore is very very cheap um and they, they're not they're not gonna lose an extra year of of control on adley rushman just so they can call call him up when they're gonna lose 105 games this year so um yeah that's that's why you haven't seen anything about uh, Rushman being up, uh, he'll probably get called up to Triple A this season sometime. I don't get how he's not there yet. He's he's obviously doing amazing, um, in Double A. So, yeah. So a lot of questions. I got I got quite a few questions about the bullpen in the future. I kind of went about this earlier, but yeah, I would like to see the Tigers add depth and they add um, uh, like so yeah, add depth and then a high leverage rel reliever. Um, I don't really care who. Depth guys are, you know, just people that, you know, fit the profiles that the Tigers like or guys that the Tigers think have upside. But, you know, you can find these guys through waivers and 
minor league free agency. There's so many guy relievers that are contributors that have been claimed off waivers or signed to minor league deals. Relievers are insanely easy to find. So I, if the Tigers could just sign enough guys, and you know, a few of them have to be good. And if guys, if they had guys who knew what they're doing, I would be way more confident. But still, it's really not that hard to find guys. The Tigers have found their, you know, they found their guys on the fringes like Jose Cisnero. So I'm hoping they can get that guys. And for lo- legit free agents, um, I, I one guy I might have mentioned him already, but Rossiel Iglesias, he's really really good with Los Angeles, and you know, give him a two or three year deal for I don't know ten a year, eleven a year. Uh, and he, to be the future closer, the closer, you'd make nine this year. Probably make similar to that in free agency. But yeah, get get a closer. Um, Soto, obviously Soto's solid. Um, so no salad, but I don't think any of them are real closer. If you can get a real closer, that'd be great with Hinge. And then I, I would love a guy like Corey Knable. Um, he's a really low risk, high reward guy. Um, and then with the depth, you can afford to sign these guys if they don't work out. Um, one thing like this, the Chicago Cubs, they, they've done that a ton. They sign a ton of guys to minor league deals and then a few of them pan out. Um, so obviously quite a few don't cause they're on minor league deals, but you know, I say, why not just add, add depth? You know, I don't want Ian Kroll coming up, man. And like Alex Lang, who I do like, I do like Alex Lang, but he's obviously not major league ready. He's still coming up. So yeah. And lastly, what is the Tigers 2020 outfield projection? So uh, it's kind of changed a little bit over the last month. This I was really, really uh, crucial on adding a corner outfielder, but I think there's way bigger needs than getting a corner outfielder with Badu and Grossman. Um, I think they could possibly uh, run into corners. I think you'd have, probably have to get a righty that can hit lefties, a platoon bat. But um, I think Badu's fine enough to play left, and then you can put Grossman in right. And then in center, you could honestly rock with Derek Hill and Daz Cameron until Riley Green's up at least. Uh, I, I think that you could reassess after 2021 uh, or 2022 and see what's up with uh, if maybe Hill or dash have became anything and if Badu has continued to success and then Grossman's going to be a free agent Green's going to be up then you maybe sign a corner outfielder um if the outfield is struggling but for next year I think the focus needs to be shortstop starting pitching and relief pitching so yeah the projection I would say left field um Robbie or left field kill Badu right field Robbie Grossman you probably have uh center field Derek Hill and Daz Cameron sharing Time, and then you get a, you get a righty on lefty bat or dash camera doesn't make the roster and you get a free agent so uh yeah again we'll see i think there's shortstop starting pitching relief pitching you get that's what you have to add this offseason and then you can focus a little bit on corner outfield and uh second base you can focus on less but those should be needs too so that's gonna wrap it up kind of a generic type of podcast obviously the trade deadline is here so a little bit of a breakdown there i plan to do some more fun things might have my first guest on next podcast probably we'll look around we'll see and um that's it so i hope you guys enjoyed uh we did pretty I, we did pretty well the views the first time uh 55 i believe which i'll take um for just some random 16 year old kid that wants to talk some baseball so yeah uh hope you guys make sure to you know whatever platform you're watching on follow or whatever get some notifications for next time i plan on going doing this every week so yeah hope you guys enjoyed